Hello and welcome to Teacher Needs a Drink Podcast. I am Elvis, your host, and I'm here to let you know that this is a not-safe-for-work podcast. We are teachers at the end of the week and really the end of our ropes, and we'd like to be able to talk honestly and openly about education without having to worry about losing our jobs. So we'll be using pseudonyms throughout the podcast, hence the Elvis. I'd like to start by thanking all of our Patreon patrons out there. That's right, we have a Patreon! If you would like to hear more and bonus and exclusive episodes of Teacher Needs a Drink Podcast, go to Patreon and look up Teacher Needs Drink Podcast. For as little as $5, $10 a month, you get access to over 100 pieces of audio content, interviews with the hosts, movie reviews. There's all kinds of stuff that we have done on there, and it's great for you to have access. Also, when you do it, you get to join a great Facebook group, listen to live recordings, and chat with the host while we're recording. It's pretty awesome. And you get to have your name right at the beginning of the podcast, like these beautiful people. Let's start with Inga, Kaylee, Terry J, Justin M, Tracy B, Miss Wonderstats, Quentin P, Ekebex, Mistress Mischief, Natasha S, Misanthropy, Princess Buttercup, Dragon Lady, Helena C, Aaron B, Stephanie S, Texas Teacher Kristen, James Nally J, Jody D, Samantha D, Lisa C, Rachel, Jin Genie, Exhausted Band Director, Kimberly K, Jessica A, Swift Love Owners, Amanda F, Ariana L, Physics Runner, Steph, Michael M, William P, Aldrich T, La Scorpionita, Britt M, Teresa H, Biker Teach, Marsha M, Christina B, Jason F, Abby B, Sarah B, Regina M, Josie S, Sam B, Mary E, Jamie B, Kristen W, Vanessa J, Mary C, RJR, Kristen C, Johanna H, Irma A, Nimi, and Sarah N. A huge thank you to all of them. <coughs> I'd also like to do a big thank you to our sponsor at Lud Lamb Dramatics. If you are a theater teacher or no one in your building, you should send them or go yourself to LudLambDramatics.com. They are the number one source of theater and educational theater posters, resources for the classroom. They are just an amazing thing for educational theaters to have. So if you are a theater teacher, go sign up and go check out Lud Lamb Dramatics right now. All right, folks, we're still doing a little interim work right now. This is a throwback episode. It's one of the lost episodes that's uh, on the Patreon. If you like this style, there's always a lot more of them. This is an incredibly early one. This is like our 13th podcast we have recorded, and I hope you enjoy it. So here we go. Episode 13, throwback. Jay. Why Jay? Welcome to Teacher Needs a Drink Podcast. I am getting this started because we are way... I I do remember that reference. (laughs) I am Elvis, your host, and with me I have Mr. Yoda. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And across from me I have Miss Bunny O'Hare. How are you doing, Bunny? I'm doing great, Elvis. And of course, Miss Sparkle. Okay, well, we're excited. It's been a fun night so far. So let's talk about things. This is from the Reddits. If a kid gets written up for disrupting class or hurting other students, I think that parents should be required to come to a mandatory conference before their child is allowed back in the classroom. Maybe if parents were held accountable for parenting, we wouldn't have so many behavior issues. I teach at a Title I middle slash high school. Only about 10% of parents actually answer their phones. I have yet to have a parent actually show up for their scheduled parent-teacher conference this year. Sorry for the rant, but I'm just fed up with the lack of consequences. I am continually writing up the same handful of students for behavior that prevents others from learning and feeling safe. Dealing with their behaviors every day, because the consequence is always just lunch detention, never time out of class, is exhausting and takes away time from my other kids that want to learn. 
I like that idea. I, I don't know how practical it would be. Well, I think when it comes to physical safety or harming other students, I think most schools do have a policy where a parent is coming up when, when that sort of thing has happened. But when it comes to your basic classroom disruption, I mean, if you were doing that for every disruption, every parent having to come up, that would be so many meetings. Endless, endless parent meetings. Yeah. Endless. And you're going to have parents like my mom. She was a single mom. And so, and she worked at a job where she could not leave. So what do you do about those minor infractions? I agree with what Yoda was saying about like, if there's a physical safety issue, if a student is assaulting other students or threatening or things like that, but just for garden variety, idiot behavior... That's it's just not practical. Yeah. It's just not practical cuz like unfortunately you'd have parents who would who would also be at the school all the time. So you have the parent whose kid even if they're a great parent, you've got some kids who are just dumb kids. You've got the parents who give the number for Domino's instead of the real number. You've got parents who are working three jobs to make sure they've got a roof over their kid's head and like food for their kid to eat, but they're just not able to be home. Mm-hmm. The kid whose two parents are a neurosurgeon and a corporate lawyer and they're not home ever either because they're working insane hours too. So it's like you kind of have a, you're setting up your, like all your kids for kind of a lose lose, except for the kids who randomly fall in that middle where like maybe one parent stays home. Now this time of year is rough. Everyone's kind of getting burned out. It's running towards the holidays and there's almost a chain reaction where the kids get hyped up a little more and the teachers are a little more tired so they might not try as hard and that lets the kids get away with a little bit more and it just kind of keeps escalating and escalating. I feel for this teacher. I understand being in a tired spot and so practice self-care right now. Document everything you can and honestly the situation becomes unbearable. There are Title I schools that are well-managed. I know some oh, yeah. are yes. not great. But I've, I've worked at several, and they were awesome. Oh, yes. So practice self-care. Take care of yourself. Breathe and remember you're doing the best you can, or at least you want to try the best you can. Take a day off if you need to take a day off. Go get a massage, y'all. Go to the movies in the middle of the day. Get your nails done. Like I went and got my nails done the other day because I needed a little self-care. And they look fabulous, by the way. Thank They're you. very sparkly. Thank you. There's a there's a blogger called Love Teach that refers to this time of year as Devolson, D-E-V. Devolson. Devolson, yes. dark evil vortex of late <laughs> September, October, and November. Yeah. Like it's, this is just a rough time of year. Like this time of year and that stretch between New Year's and January, spring break. Yeah, New Year and spring break. Mm-hmm. This is just like the rough, the doldrums of the year when just the kids have gotten a little too comfortable and they and like it's the bad weather and yeah and it's like it's bad weather. Yeah, the weather keeps changing and you can't really take them outside to burn energy off every day like you wish you could. Like even in high school, like I would sometimes take my kids outside and be like, "Hey, we're gonna do class outdoors and like." do whatever it is we're doing out here. And it's like a nice change of pace, but you can't really do that right now. And now this is a rough time of year. Just take care of yourself. Remember to breathe and talk to your peers, commune with others, talk to people who aren't teachers, family, friends, loved ones, do something, but please Go on a take date, care of know. yourself. Does everybody else's heat work in their classroom? Um, mine works a little too well. It got up to like 76, 77 in my classroom, which doesn't sound like a big deal if you're outdoors, but in a classroom, yeah, your Miss Sparkles' face just 
made a face when I said that. It's hot and then all those people are breathing make it more hot. Yes. And my classroom, we do a lot of out of our seat stuff and movement. And then there are sweaty people and I don't like being sweaty. Mm -mm. I don't like, if I'm exercising fine, that's one thing. But if I'm just standing in one place and sweating, that's wrong and that's not okay. And yeah, so all of the heat in the building is coming into my classroom and I can't. See, my classroom, I have the opposite problem where, um, because I don't control, just so everyone knows, most teachers do not control the temperature of their classroom. Mm -hmm. It's some random dude at an office in another building. Mm -hmm. So here's my situation. Either there is no air, and so there's no moving air in my room, and I don't have Mm -hmm. windows, and I'm in the building, like in the middle of in the building. So there's no, like I can open my door to a hallway with also no windows Mm -hmm. and no heat that is freezing cold. So either there's no air and it's just stagnant and it smells like nasty carpet and hot breath because that's all there is. Or if they turn it on, the AC kicks in, even if it's 20 degrees outside. So last year... The guy came and was like, hey, your heat's broken. It's so broken. If we turn it on, there will be poisonous gas in your classroom. Oh, (laughs) bring a coat. So I wore my coat all winter. And then this year I was like, okay, did they fix it? Because apparently there was like a part missing and they had the part was on back order. So they were going to order the part. And then by the time spring break rolled around, I don't know if they ever fixed it. So now it's this year. And I'm like, so did they fix it? Is anything happening? Apparently not. Apparently mine's just broken and I just have to be cold and miserable for all of winter. We figured out how to game the system because the way it was in the building I was in was you could control your temperature by two degrees. Like there was a median set by the main office computer or whoever it is or whatever the main computer was. And it was set at, say, like 73 or 74. And so we had a little knob we could put up or down, and it would either raise it a degree or two or lower it a degree. And that's as much. But if it was out of whatever it thought its you know, median temperature was, it would try to control that. And it did that because there was a sensor plate in the room that was the thermostat. Mm-hmm. And so oh, I learned if trick. it was really hot in the room. I had a bunch of those little hot hands thing. I would literally duct tape it yeah. on there. Or if there was a kid, I was like, hey, take your hand, just lean against that for 10 minutes, and that would get the AC going. Or if oh. it was cold, we'd take ice packs from the nurse's office, and, and we would there. tape that onto the sensor, and then it would make the room a lot warmer. And like we'd take it off when it got too hot. and. See, I had a coworker who learned that trick for her room, and so she did it. She was so happy. But my room, the sensors were like 10 feet in the air. Oh, no, mine weren't smart. They were right next to the door. So anytime I opened the door, the hallway breeze or draft or whatever... Yeah, no, mine were mine were really high up, and so it was like I could do that if I go get a ladder, climb up the ladder, tape, and then I had like three sensors in that room, so it would be like I'd have to do it three times to eat. It was a, so Aww. just I suffered. I just suffered through. I just don't understand why classrooms can't be like a correct temperature. Because like, then they'd have to spend money on the heating and cooling. <laughs> Or fixing ancient, antiquated equipment. Don't you know anything about budgets? Oh. I guess not. They actually had to do that in my first school. I complained for four straight years about the temperature in my classroom being too hot or too cold or too hot or too cold constantly, like daily. If it was uncomfortable, I would go complain. Um, and they finally got sick of me and then realized that all of those years I had been complaining, they should have just replaced the stupid AC unit attached to my classroom. Because as soon as they replaced it, like... It was perfect, and, and was their right bill after went you down. Left the school. No, it was the last year I was there. Was great, and then I moved. 
Well, it's better than the communal room where you have one room in a hallway that controls like the two rooms or four rooms yeah, on next either to side it. of them. So if you have the one teacher who is super hot natured or cold natured, they control everyone else. You're going to yeah. have the one pregnant teacher that's hot all the time, and always. So they, and Yeah, turn it way down. Yeah. Well, I was a beefy guy when I was teaching there and the teacher next door was kind of a skinny little thing. And so she was always cold, had like the space, well, the secret space heater under mm-hmm. her desk mm-hmm. and all the... Yeah, it, it was hard. Well, one year my heat was so broken in my first school that um, I actually got permission from the district and they like brought in space heaters for my room because it was getting so cold that like my hands were turning blue oh my as gosh. I was teaching. The kids were in there for 45 minutes. So like they were in and out, but because I was in there all day, like mm-hmm. I was starting to turn blue by the end of the day. And I was like, I feel like this is the workman's comp claim coming because I'm going to get frostbite. Like, can you figure something out? Um, so they brought me some space heaters and then some parents brought me some space heaters. And when they finally fixed it, like they never came and got their space heaters back. So I was like, I'm just going to so keep these. So your apartment yeah. has the best space heaters ever. In my first school district, I heard this from our principal secretary. There was a board member who tried to mandate that women had to wear pantyhose to work. This was in 2010, Yeah. by the way. So this person wanted to mandate that all female staff, except for custodians um, and coaches, had to wear skirts or dresses to work, and they all had to wear heels and pantyhose. And I was like, bruh, if that passed, I would quit this job. I'm just saying coaches uh, could wear those those tennis outfits, the jumpers, (laughs) a cute tennis skirt. And then the the custodians could wear French maid outfits. So everybody gets gets to wear the pantyhose. I I don't see the problem here. I do not want to see Mr. Joe in a French maid outfit. It's not even a heat thing for me because like I don't, we had air conditioning, and, and as I as previously discussed, it was broken, so it was cold in there. Um, but what's it like? It's cold. It's cold. <laughs> I just, I just really want to wear pants to work. I have to do construction. I can't do construction in pantyhose and heels. Idiot board member. There has been more than one occasion where my appraiser has walked into the room, and for whatever reason, I have been rolling around on the floor at the time. Like I right. wish I could say this has only been a one-time thing, but for whatever reason whether it was demonstrating blocking or fight moves or whatever. There was one time where I was pretending to have a temper tantrum to demonstrate something. and That's great for your appraiser to walk in on. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, the kids loved it. But, yeah, not in a skirt and heels, homie, no. Could you imagine trying to teach kindergarten in a skirt and heels? Oh. <laughs> like chasing some five-year-old who's, like, taken off down the hallway because they're freaking out about something or whatever. Like You take also- off the heel and use it like a boomerang. <laughs> Drop that little 40-year-old. Just comes right back to you. I was always amazed when I was teaching in elementary school how crazy some of the teachers would get over jeans passes. Like, there Those were are like seriously gold. some people who would cut a bitch mm-hmm. for a jeans oh, pass. Yeah. I've known people who, like, trade them, like, on a black market, where it's like, <laughs> I got three jeans passes. I'll trade you these three jeans passes for something, you know, like, you watch Call my duty. class yeah. or whatever, or, like, bring me Chick-fil-A for lunch or whatever. Like, those things are, like, gold. I love a principal who doesn't care about dress code, though, and it's like just wear jeans whenever they're pants. Like wear clothes to work. Thanks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think it. I think times are changing. I think people are starting to be allowed to wear jeans a lot more common. But I know there's a lot of 
power in the jeans pass. Don't let the kids scream. If you don't send anyone to the office, you get a jeans pass or you can wear jeans on Friday. I'm just yeah. waiting for them to be cool with like multicolor hair. That's the day I'm waiting for. And some districts are, but yeah, like some districts are going that way. The last district I was in lightened up on it a lot. And yeah. then I wanted pink streaks and then I moved districts and I can't now. Our technical rule is the same as the kids. So it has to be 25% or less of your hair and we can have our noses pierced, hmm. which is great. Yeah, that's what pierced. I was going to say. In the last eight years, now you can more often have visible tattoos mm-hmm. and uh, piercings within you know some degree. Well, I got really salty about the visible tattoo rule and I actually went to my principal um, in my very first district and complained about it because I had two ankle tattoos and the rule was technically only one visible tattoo. And I would dress up a lot of times for work just because like sometimes I like to dress up and I'd wear like a dress on a day I knew I didn't have to get too physical and whatever. And I walked into her office and I said, so me dressed professionally with two tattoos out is against the dress code. But so-and-so down the hall who's wearing literally leggings and a t-shirt and flip-flops, but she doesn't have any visible tattoos. She was in dress code. That's not fair. And she looked at me and she was like, I'm not going to enforce this. So just <laughs> chill out. Yeah. She was like, I, hi- I knew you had the tattoos when I hired you. I saw them when you walked in for your interview. From the Reddits. Title is New Rule. I'm walking out of any conversation slash conference slash meeting where the implication is made that I'm inefficient at my job because I don't have children. It happens with ungodly frequency, sometimes subtle, sometimes blatant, from parents, coworkers, admin, you name it. The number of times I've heard, well, you can't really see it from the parent's perspective, or I think you'd feel differently if you had kids, or some other variation of bullshit is astounding. I'm not here to talk about parenting. I'm here to talk about teaching, that thing my master's degree and experience says I'm dang good at. My inactive uterus has nothing to do with my ability to teach effectively. I'm sick of the patronization, so I'm removing myself from any conversation in which it does come up. Good. Yup. I, I have now been teaching for longer than the age of students that I teach has been alive. So, no, I don't know anything about parenting, but I know something about teaching and I've been doing it for longer than your kid has existed on this earth. So I might know something about it. This top comment, it is the most upvoted. Um, I hated that comment too. Then I had a daughter. Turns out I do not feel differently now that I'm a mother. (laughs) In fact, I feel even more strongly that my students should be held to high expectations, be accountable for their work, be made to be responsible. All the things I was told that I didn't understand because I didn't have kids. I have a two and a half year old who cleans up when I ask, understands consequences for bad behavior, is responsible for age appropriate tasks, follows directions. If my two and a half year old can do understand those things, so can a fifth grader. Word. And the thing is, is like, we spend a lot of time with these kids during the day. Like we spend a lot of time with them during the day and during the week. They're at school a lot. We're with them. And there are some things about kids that are true about pretty much all kids. Mm -hmm. And you figure those things out pretty quickly in the first year of teaching. Like I don't have kids, but do I know how to deal with a kid who's misbehaving or know how to teach a a life lesson and all that? Yeah, because I've been doing this for a decade. I think I figured some stuff out. I wish parents would understand is we see a different side of them at school than the parents see at home. Mm -hmm. Like I behave differently around my best friend than I do around my mom. That's just, it's, it's not me saying you're a bad parent if I call you on something or it's not that you don't understand your child. It's that we're seeing two different angles. We're seeing two different sides of them. 
it's not it's not a drag on either of us. It's just we're seeing different things. Sometimes as teachers, we can see potential that they don't see or they see limits. Like, I'm sorry, my kid can't. No, your child is fully capable of speaking in front of this group or studying for this. I know they might struggle and I know it might not be easy, but they are 100% capable. There is not some limiting factor. There is not a special need here. You're putting your own limits and sometimes, yeah, no, your child can do it. You'll be surprised. I've called parents before and been like, oh, so-and-so did so great today. And they're like, really? They did? And I'm like, yeah, they, you know, whatever amazing thing they did. And parents are shocked that their kid was like well-behaved, you know, because at home kid is relaxed. And so they act like a crazy person and they're more, Mm -hmm. their environment where they feel more relaxed and comfortable versus school where maybe they don't feel as comfortable. So I don't know. It is really condescending to tell somebody who works with children on a daily basis, you don't understand children because you don't have any. Like shooting a kid out of your vagina doesn't make you a (laughs) a magical like kid understander. Yeah. There are definitely parents that have kids that have no business interacting with children. Also, because I don't have kids, I can put a lot more time into your kid and like their education and their needs because I don't have my own kids at home. Because once I have kids, that's going to yeah, like be a very different ballgame for me because I probably will cut back on like extracurriculars and cut back on after school hours and cut back on the extra stuff that I do and being away and so taking kids welcome, on field parents. trips. You're yeah, welcome. Be, right. You're welcome because right now I don't have kids. So I pour all this energy into your kid. But once I got my kids, so enjoy it while it lasts, everyone, because it's probably not going to be much longer. From Reddit's background, I've lost about eighty pounds in the last couple of years. So yeah, I had to write. A, so I had to write a student up today for being tardy to class again. This is their seventh tardy. Student argued that they were in the building, so they weren't tardy. No kid, you were <laughs> not, not in my works. class at the time, so you were tardy to my class. Anyway, when student received the referral in another class, he went back in and said I was a little asshole. The students all told me, and the teacher emailed me about it. In the past, I would have been quite upset and dwelling all day, but I finally learned to quit taking it personally. And instead, all I thought was, hey, at least he called me little. It's these little <laughs> things that are keeping me going. First of all, congratulations on the 80 pound weight loss. That's amazing. Excellent. Yeah. It can be so hard to like take care of yourself physically as a teacher sometimes. Oh yeah. Like so hard. I'm a stress eater. So same, same. I will munch snacks all day, every day if I let myself and it's so bad. I I don't understand those who don't find love in a source of food. (laughs) Y'all cheese is love. If (laughs) I had cheese sticks in my fridge, there would be, they'd be gone. They wouldn't be there long. I was vegan for about five minutes one time, and cheese is what broke me. I couldn't do it. No, yeah. The right slice of pizza is like those missing hugs from my dad. I'm just oh. like, oh, oh, bring it in. Oh. Give me more. Give me more. It's been a bad day. All right, folks, guess what? We have a Patreon. That's right. For as little as 5 to $10 a month, you can sign up and become a patron of Teacher Needs a Drink podcast. That money helps support us and gives you access to over 100 exclusive episodes, interviews, talks with the host. There is so much extra content on there. There's also a great Facebook group that we try to keep active with about 60 people in it where we chat and talk, and it gives you a chance to meet other like-minded teachers and chat with some of the hosts who are in there as their real personalities. And this also gives you an access point to where you can hear us while we're 
recording live and chat with the host. So sign up and do it now. I had to make this fresh because we didn't have a Patreon back when I recorded this. So thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us for another episode of Teacher Needs a Drink podcast. Mr. Yoda, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Ms. Bunny O'Hare. A pleasure as always. And Miss Sparkles. Hey. hey. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Teacher Needs a Drink podcast. Teacher Needs a Drink podcast releases a new episode every Wednesday while school is in session. I'd like to give a big thanks to my friends and guests, Mr. Yoda, Miss Bunny O'Hare, and Miss Sparkles for taking time to come over and eat a wonderful meal and drink lots of drinks with me. Big thanks and hug and kiss to Miss Purcell, the beautiful Miss Purcell, for being by my side throughout all of this. If you have a story you'd like to share with Teacher Needs a Drink podcast, go to teacherneedsdrinkpodcast.com and hit us up through the contact form. You can also tag us on Instagram or Facebook because we'll find you that way. If you really do like what you hear, find one friend, coworker, teacher, peer, someone, and just share something you heard on the podcast with them and turn them on to it. Not much of a burden. Just find one person and tell them about it. Teacher Needs a Drink podcast is brought to you by Ludlam Dramatics Educational Theater Posters. If you have a theater teacher or you are a theater teacher, go to ludlamdramatics.com. That's L-U-D-L-A-M-D-R-A-M-A-T-I-C-S. And use the code T-N-A-D-15. That's short for Teacher Needs a Drink. T-N-A-D-15 to get 15% off your whole order. Please follow, subscribe, and leave a five-star review if you can. And thanks for listening. Tell that one person. Please keep coming back. Love you guys. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Say goodnight, Gracie. Y'all, Elvis doesn't know how to end the podcast anymore. He's lost his mind. Dear listeners. Dear Dear listeners. I said that to my mom the other day. I said something about Miss Sparkles, and mom was like, which one is Miss Sparkles? And I said, dear listeners. And she went, oh, okay. Like, <laughs>